Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Behind the Racket Pod, the podcast taking you behind the racket with today's top tennis players and biggest issues facing the sport. Behind the Racket is a community to give fans and players in the world of tennis the opportunity to open up like they have never done before. Visit BehindTheRacket.com for the latest stories, merch, as well as direct links to all of the latest podcasts. It can also be found on iTunes, Google Play, Pandora, Stitcher, and wherever you find your podcasts. Download the episodes and make sure to leave a review. And we want you to be a part of the conversation. Find me at NoahRubin33 or Mike at MikeCTennis on all forms of social media. You can also learn more at BehindTheRacket.com or MikeCTennis.com. Special thanks to my sponsor, New Balance. Visit their latest shoes and styles at NewBalance.com and learn more about their program of giving back at hashtag NBGivesBack. You can also help support the podcast by visiting Patreon.com slash BehindTheRacketPod and receive rewards from our travels around the world. And now... So, Noah, uh, do you want to buy any Girl Scout cookies? I'm not a fan, actually. Is that bad? What the hell? <laughs> I, you know what? Of, of all the things that I thought were possible that were going to come out of your mouth, that's not one of... Who's not a fan of girl... There's, like, a different kind of cookie for every type of person. I don't... I just don't really love cookies. Like, if they're not freshly baked out of the oven, they're just not... It's not going to do it for me. Man, listen, I'm I'm talking to you... Are somebody, you selling somebody, them? Shut up. I'm talking to you as somebody... I shouldn't say that. My daughter knows that I'm not allowed to say shut up. We are not. We don't ever say that. Uh, it has been 19 years, sir, uh, since I've last been able to have uh, proper Girl Scout cookies since my gluten diagnosis. Yes. Uh, back in... Back in... What a time it was. Um, and I still, to this day, one of the things I miss the most is just going into the freezer, grabbing a couple of thin mints maybe three sleeves and just go into town. I mean, is that like top that, five for you? Oh, for sure. Ooh, that's wild. With, with, yeah. Without, without even that's a I, I wild. Mean, deep, deep dish pizza. Yes. Is one of them. I think thin mints is number two. <laughs> thin mints coming in hot at number two for you. Coming oh. in freezing cold. In fact, right out of the freezer. They're fantastic. I do appreciate. Yes. The mint freezer. Like a peppermint patty in the freezer is, is definitely underrated. Um, but, yeah, the Girl Scout cookies just never did it. Where is this coming from? What's happening? Uh, yeah, Marnie is selling them. Uh, is I she actually, a Girl Scout? I don't even know if I knew that. She, she is. 
Um, she, she, I actually just posted the link online a little while ago, uh, and it appears in the last two days they've taken away the delivery component that they had promised to all of the Girl Scout parents. Okay. Uh, which is really frustrating, so I had to take it down. Uh, <laughs> but for you, I was going to offer you, you know, personal, I would send them myself wow. if you wanted yeah, just be, just because I know you, you know, it's been tough since you lost to Yates Johnson um, in your first pickleball tournament. So I just I wanted to see if I could comfort you with some delicious dosy doughs. First of all, um, I have my stomach since so I, I took about three months off post my stoppage in the tennis space and ate yeah. whatever I wanted because I was yeah. like, oh, why not? And I, I literally did not. Live. I, I think I blacked out during those three months. Uh-huh. Uh, so I have now gone back to 95% gluten-free and 99% lactose-free. Well, I will tell you, I can't speak to the lactose side, uh, but yes. they do now have a gluten-free cookie. What is it? It's got some toffee in it. Mm, okay. Yeah, that's that's where I went Yeah, well. I got astray. <laughs> yeah. It's not my favorite type of cookie. Can you microwave a Girl Scout cookie? Does that end up edible? I like them soft. I need the the melted chocolate chip. I need that. Well, it's a yeah. I I can't I can't speak to that. The toffee's yeah. not going to melt. No, That's, toffee's not going to do anything for me. No, no. Uh, okay. Anyways, if anybody really is listening, really wants them, uh, if if you want to buy them from me, up, uh, you know, it's 20, February twenty seventh. February twenty seventh is when we get the online orders. But if you need some Girl Scout cookies, I I will ship them to you. If you you know, just reach out to me, DM me on on Twitter, IG, whatever, and I will send some to you. Just put on uh, eBay. Maybe just throw just stop. Throw an extra five bucks my way, and I'll I'll handle shipping from there. Um, you were down under. Are you? you were down I under. I was. I was. It was. It was good. It was great to be back there. Uh, three year absence. Uh, the last time I was there, I watched you choke, and I, I meant actually literally as opposed to metaphorically. <laughs> um, I do need to. That was when the wildfires were happening, and you couldn't breathe. And then the world. Um, yeah, we should have known the world was coming to an end at that point. I I actually told this story the other day. Um, I, this is not meant to be a political thing when I say this, but I have on my phone a picture of one of the Australian newspapers at the time in January talking about the spread of the China virus. Hmm. Well before, obviously, anything happened with Donald Trump and politicizing that. But I, right. I have this snap of it of just like this is kind of this is kind of funny that they're talking about some virus that's going to come get us all. And I was just, literally the first time we heard the word quarantine. <sighs> Correct. But, um, yeah. So yeah, uh, how, how was it for you? How was it for you? Uh, it was really good. Um, it was it was amazing to be down there at the same time that we had this kind of uh, American Push. surge. Yeah. Um, being on the call for three of Michael Moe's matches, three of J.J. Wolf's matches, and then the the Wolf Shelton match actually was my last match um, before I before I came home. I mean, it just I it couldn't have been a better time for me personally to lend what expertise I do have to a World Feed team like that. It just was great. Um, I'm I was incredibly honored that they allowed me to be on those broadcasts. Um, because obviously there are some incredible broadcasters as part of the team. Nick Lester, Mark Pecci, Hachikova, Laura Robson was there. She's just 
phenomenally good. Um, and just to kind of be allowed to to use what I have brought over the last couple of years, what I've learned, what I know about these guys, and and say this is a good product that we're putting out. I, it's it's quite an honor. So I was happy to be there. Um, I I I got I got to be honest, man. Like seeing, I actually happened to be finished with my shift, Noah, right after, like at the same time that Michael Mo beat Zverev. Mm. Like it just happened to be at the same time, and he, like he walked off. Uh, it was Margaret Court Arena, MCA. He walked off that court, and I happened to be walking by at the same time. And I was on my way somewhere else, but like I happened to be the first Bumping person into there. Him. Yeah, the first person to see him right after he did his on-court interview and signed autographs. And it's just like, man, am I happy for that guy? Like all of the crap that he has been through over the years, all of the injuries, and just to have a moment like that, man, that's that's a lot of years of work paying off in a moment and just to be able to see that big of a smile is just like, it's such a cool moment. And I was really lucky to be there and I'm happy I was able to share, you know, in my small way, be a part of that, that moment for American men's tennis. Yeah. I mean, I, well, first of all, not that I root against Mo any other time, but I was definitely even more excited for this match, this Verov takedown, which I was hoping for as well. And, uh, coming in as a lucky loser, yep. I, th- I mean, how many stories are we going to hear about you know lucky losers this year? Yeah. I think it's almost an underrated topic of conversation, especially there's nothing like it in any other sport. I mean, there, you can't compare it to anything else where it's just like not only are you out of the tournament, you weren't in the tournament to start. If we're you know using qualifying as that you know pre-tournament as an example, and right. now you're it's the greatest match of your life. You know, it's the greatest right. win of your life. I, there's nothing like it. Yeah, it, it it do you know who he lost to in the final round of qualies? Ooh. Um I broadcast the match. Was was it an American? A line oh Vukic? He lost to Alex Vukic. Vukic putting the work too. Good for him. Yeah, I know. No, I was, I was yeah. Seeing his parents there made the trip from Sydney uh, and getting to watch their boy get cheered on by a raucous crowd. <laughs> I mean, it's just like I, I, good stuff. Yeah, man, like we 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 complain about tennis a lot. Yeah, man, but God, those those moments are absolutely worth it. That's that. I mean, it sucks that it's like you might get one or two of those moments in your career right for for a lot of players and that's that's hard and that's the reality of of tennis right but man those moments are so effing cool when you know you have gone face to face with one other person and you have defeated them in this huge moment is such a cool cool thing I think it was so tricky, and obviously I'm going through these waves of emotions of not being a part of the sport the way I'm yeah. used to, um, and then kind of watching and and speaking to you know Chris and some of these other Americans that are playing in Aussie, but then also speaking to Jamie Loeb, who played nine matches in two days at a 25K, right. and it's like, I don't even know what to miss or what not to miss, and like, it, yeah. it's... You know, there are definitely parts of me that are like, oh, I'm going to make my way back into the sport somehow, some way. And then I'm like, do I want to be a part of the sport? Right. You know, it's, so it's, you know, you watch a Mo put in the effort and, you know, obviously he is <laughs> more athletic than me and has eight inches on me. But, you know, I, I see my game to be a lot of his game in some ways. And uh, you're shaking your head. I don't even need. He, he has eight inches on you. You might want to ask him to take it off. 
No. I, please take that part out. <laughs> I couldn't even finish my sentence because I could only imagine what was going to come out of your mouth. Oh, that's definitely stunning. Oh, fantastic. Um, great that I don't re- listen to these because that can only be a one-time thing. Um, but yeah, it, it's it's this, I want to be a part of it. And obviously, you want to skip all the levels to get you back into playing at the you know Aussie Open and matches like that. And then you're like, well, Loeb literally just had to play three matches without a chair umpire. And that's what you have to do to get back to where you want to. So it's, right. it's a complete mix. And, but this is what I always go back to. The reason why people are crying during acceptance speeches or, or even single matches in their career is not because of that match. It's because of the six matches they played in a future, you know, that year or two yep. years ago. And I think we're seeing so much more of this kind of year rebound where they do go through what I call like the Brian Baker year where they yeah, play sure. a future challenger and they go through, they win a future, they win a challenger, they final or win an ATP event and then you know they have a breakthrough at a slam and I think we're seeing those I'm not going to say a lot more you know we're still talking about the 1% but you know we're seeing those you know breakthroughs take place I wonder if it's for you maybe a little bit more drastic because of the fact that you're not as engaged as you once were or engaged in the same way because I don't I don't necessarily agree with you and um, I feel I in terms of I feel like it just is continuously happening Hmm. Um, and you, whereas you feel like it's happening more and I, and I wonder if maybe that's because I'm continuously inside of it, it. whereas you're maybe, you know, viewing it more now from a different perspective. Yeah. Aussie is also a very specific time of year. There's not a lot else happening. So like, uh, we have the Cleveland challenger going on now. And you're looking, and I look back at this, and I'm like, shit, same thing. You know, like, you go back to it, you're like, oh, my God, it's uh, Harrison Klon, final round qualities. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, you're just like, okay, you know, we're back to it. And Klon, amazing. I've been speaking to him a decent amount. Like, he got the bug again. You know, he got the bug. He played well in Aussie. It's just enough to be like, well, do I grind it out and see if I can make a a wave at Indian Wells? Can I make that wave again? So it's... It does come back every once in a while to, oh, this is still the same stuff we're dealing with. I will say, you know, to your to your point about the, the joy of the whole thing, seeing Arena Sabalenka's hmm. trophy shoot and, like, the sheer joy of her getting to celebrate in in that manner after... What a better shoot than Djokovic's, by the way. Like, well, sure. All together. <laughs> I, I mean, it's it also, it also showed, like, the first time first time win yeah um versus somebody who's done it 22 times um uh, but he's but like can you just take also, on your iphone let's get out of here yeah right <laughs> like it's for for J- novak it's you know that's that's him that's who he is yeah. that's his style arena showing that kind of personality after the incredible uh tumultuous issue she had with the double faults that 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 joy coming out in those couple of moments, both on the court and then off the next day where she probably hadn't slept at all, was just amazing to watch. Um, yeah, I, I I think that's all the complaining we might do. Man, those those moments make up for it in my, in my mind, just getting to see the joy of somebody who's done something that they've never done before um, and what it means to them. It, it's just, yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty fun to be a part of. Question for you. Um, yeah. Referring to to Australia, you know, we speak about the yeah. wave of American tennis players and we do, you and I have talked about how there is a must of having a top male and female American yeah. in the world rankings to get that buzz. 
Yeah. Do you feel that in Australia, or are they still like, oh, let's get an Australian tennis player out here and we'd be much happier? Or is there still like, oh, we want to see kind of that crop of Americans? I was always curious. For, from the Australian fans? Is that yeah, what yeah, or, yeah, from the Australian I, I fans. I don't think they have – they don't have any opinion about American tennis. I mean okay. I, I did multiple radio shows and podcasts while I was down there just asking – you know, answering questions about American men specifically. Um, and so there was that interest just because it was just like – it felt like there were just all of a sudden these – this like slew of new names that we hadn't heard of, like, you know, Nakashima Wolf and Shelton are all top 50 now. And Michael Moe's making this big push. I don't think there was just this, uh, we need an American at all. Right. Um, I think, I think that's, that's us. Um, I think we always, so than anything. Sure. I just think we always say like for the world of tennis and are we then referring to just the excitement that it would arise in the United States? Yeah, I don't. I don't know that anybody views it in that perspective mm-hmm. around the world. I think that's much more about us in terms of. I, I think there's something to be said. Yeah, obviously for the marketing side, you know, and what that does if you have if if Taylor Fritz, if Coco Golf, or like yeah, 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 both winning Grand Slams and both won two. I think that makes a a much bigger difference worldwide. I think there is something to be said for that, but. Um, I, I think the bigger discussion point, though, Noah, and I, I'm sure you've seen it on Twitter the last couple of days, just the TV ratings being down um, as much as they were this year. And that that was certainly interesting. Uh, some of it being the Australian audience not having Ash Barty, not having Nick Kyrgios. But then, you know, it, we, we need to we need to fix these the TV coverage uh, in some way, shape or form. Like I, I obviously here having the ESPN crew in Connecticut as opposed to down there right. and not always being on. Um, yeah, ESPN was, had their issues, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, that was that was, t- that was tough. tough. Yeah, I, yeah. Um, I mean, I, I also, I don't know if I'm an ESPN executive. I don't make a different decision, which I hate to say, but I, I don't make a different decision. Right, if they, lose, if they gain an extra 20%, is that worth their time and effort? Right. Probably not, no. Right. Um, but yeah, I, I've seen a lot of discussion uh, the last 24 hours since those rating numbers came out. And I, I wanted to say this one thing, if you'll let me preach just for a second before we get into the rest of our topics. Hallelujah. I can say from being a part of the World Feed broadcast, Noah, that there are some incredibly talented broadcasters. And so if you're able to find that World Feed, I think they do a great job. I think you're going to be informed well. Um, and I think hopefully you'll be entertained as well. Um, and I think it was... I think it was Caitlin Thompson who made this point on Twitter. I think that's who it was. And, and I, if it's not, I apologize. Um, but, you know, to, to have this idea that we are going to have a broadcast for an 18-year-old and an 80-year-old, and it's the same thing, it's just not, um, you know, the, the, it's not the best not product that you're going to yeah. get. Yeah, so I, I would like to strongly suggest to the slams, the governing bodies, I understand how important exclusivity is. Now, having you know the ability to sell your product and say on in the states it's only going to be on ESPN. I get how important that is financially and what it does for both ESPN and let's just I'm just saying you know for the U.S. Open what that financial transaction why exclusivity is crucial. It's probably also time that we start saying. All right, let's find a YouTube product. Yeah. Let's find a Twitch product or a TikTok live product and let's put let's put some form of like 
you have the world feed, which is incredibly good. Why don't we get some interesting young streamers and put them on, let's just say, TikTok Live yeah. um, and, and make sure you're engaging with people not just on highlights and not just short interview products, but let's put, let's put, I mean, you can watch flipping, bless you, you can watch Ninja over on, on TikTok Live like every other day. Yeah. Let's do the same thing with our World Feed Tennis product with maybe some younger commentators. I just don't think they're capitalizing or understanding how many hours, I mean, any generation from millennials on are, are using TikTok or using YouTube shorts and Instagram. Like, it doesn't mean they have to be full matches there, but Correct. let's get these shorts in. Let's get these few seconds and, and up it. There should be 50 a day being put out about the Australian Open on all platforms. Um, and again, it doesn't mean that they're full matches. So ESPN still has that coverage and exclusivity. But we have to just make sure that we're getting to those next generations somehow, some way, because ESPN is not that way. And, and frankly, like um, our friends at Cracked Rackets, um, Alex Gruskin, I'm actually going to do the ITA national team indoors on the men's side um, with him in a couple of weeks in women's side. Perry, um, who also is part of the Behind the Racket team, um, yes. is going to be doing the women's side with Alex over the next couple of weeks. And their red zone format, I mean, to, to piggyback off of the NFL red zone format, I mean, like bouncing around from match to match is so much fun. It's a lot of work for us as broadcasters to pay attention to everything. But can you imagine doing that like first four days of a slam? Holy crap, that would be fun. I mean, we always talk about, I mean, whether it's qualifying or day one of a slam, it's the most exciting time. You just, you're going yep. around to a billion tennis courts and this is not giving you a chance to speak about pickleball, so don't open your mouth. But people asking me, what would the additive be? And I bring up college tennis and the fact that yes. it's not high end. It is play site for the most part. But I get to watch everybody. I get to watch courts one through six when they're playing dual matches. And you're flipping through. And, of course, I would like to hear my Cation's voice in every court. But regardless, I get to see the product. And I get to make Correct. sure that I'm not missing these matches. And I think we have to go back to quantity over quality in terms of getting this content out there. And right now we're like, oh, you know, we have to make sure that, you know – Rod Laver Arena is being taken care of, and God forbid that match isn't great, or God forbid people can't find that match. They're not watching tennis that those during during right. those hours. So, what do we have to do to change that? And that is just making sure it is on every platform imaginable. Yes, and exclusivity. That's that's going to be really difficult to overcome because as much as you and I can say it's an easy solution to put it on YouTube or TikTok or whatever, it's not right. Um, and that's that's going to be a real complex question to be decided um, because, listen, attendance hit a new all-time high in Australia this year. U.S. Open, same thing. You're getting mass participation. You're getting at the slams at least, um, you know, this and, and a lot of tournaments, especially over in Europe more so, huge audience numbers in-house. Got to make a way to translate that into the television product because that's – that's how you're going to grow some newer fans in places that they don't have tournaments. And uh, for you, what was the com – you were down there – yeah, you were down <laughs> – yeah, while the Netflix show came out. Yeah, yeah. What was that conversation like amongst – first of all, amongst the people on the outside, more the commentating broadcast team? What was that – what was the initial reaction? 
Um, it was it was unique from our perspective because um, we were kind of told to not speak not about talk it? about it. Yeah, not talk about it too much. Okay, um, because we were trying to focus on the product on site as opposed to pushing people to a different platform. That's the reality of you know of how how these things Interesting. work. Right? Interesting. Yeah, it's that's. Again, totally it's like to be watch expected. it, but in two weeks from now. <laughs> yeah, right. No, it's, I mean, you don't, that's how, that's how broadcasting works. Yeah. You don't want to say, hey, you know, Go you could Netflix watch now. this yeah, match yeah, yeah. that's 6241 in the second, <laughs> or you could, hey, you might want to go check out this Netflix, you know, right. thing. So you don't, you don't typically do that. Um, that being said, amongst the media, I think for all of us, Noah, it was, and I'm, you watched it as yes. well, right? Yes. I didn't. Uh, there's like almost nothing that I got out of it. I think, and and I still really haven't heard from that many people on the outside of the tennis space. So already automatically, uh, whether this is on, I think this is almost on more on Netflix or ATP WTA not pushing it enough that it just didn't get out initially. The well, neither did Drive to Survive right away. I mean, it took time. I don't and know. Part of that also had to do with with the pandemic. That, that sure that we has spoke to about that. In. We spoke about that, and and I'm not 100 percent certain that that argument uh, holds enough water because I do remember people speaking about Drive to Survive, and obviously it picked up more heavily during the pandemic, but. Like, there's not one person I know right now in New York outside the tennis space that I've spoken to in my circle that has seen it yet. Mm, and yeah. and I just – and there are a few were like, I had to search for it. It wasn't even on my, you know, homepage. Like, little things like right. that where try to survive, yeah, there's definitely people that, you know, like, oh, yeah, I don't know. Well, maybe the F1 thing. But for the most part, have heard about it, you know, within that first few months. So I'm curious if it does pick up steam or if it does die out. Yeah, I think that'll be really interesting, especially considering we still have what I think are maybe the more entertaining ones, being Francis and and um, Alcaraz specifically. Mm-hmm. Those are kind of the two that I was most looking forward to when I was, you know, just kind of paying attention a little bit last year. And they weren't in um, it. <laughs> and they're, yeah, and those are coming out this summer. Right. Right. Um, so that's those are the ones I want to see a little bit. I want to see how those interact, especially I, I know why you have to release it in January. I get that. I think the better time to release it is in the summer. I think for me, for the people inside the tennis world, there was nothing new. Correct. And my, the only thing that I found interesting was the Tony Nadal and Felix Auger Uh, situation. That's, that's the exact same thing that I said to somebody in, in, when I watched it. And, Half of it was dramatic and false was what I found out in the end was there was like Felix basically said we had complete understanding that if this came to a Nadal versus me match that he was going to be on Nadal's side and we took that and moved and and moved on from it. So they dramatized it, but still, you know, fairly interesting. And then from the outsider's perspective, somebody trying to come into the sport of tennis, um, it was like you were starting a conversation halfway through. Didn't really yeah. give that, hey, this is what tennis is all about. This is the sacrifice. This is how it works. And, right. you know, we got to the, you know, they did a pretty good job of, like, seeing the gravity of certain matches. But then he got to Madrid and it was like, what's Madrid? Yeah. Sure. <laughs> you know, well, what does this mean? And and 45 in the world? Okay, that's interesting. What does that do? And what does this tournament mean for this person? So it 
it just felt like this was a season two rather than a season one. That's interesting, yeah. And maybe when season two comes around with certain players that you're looking for and people have a little bit more of a grab of the situation, and maybe there's more to it, but I don't know. While we're on this subject, it's a good way to transition into um, what we're recording this on Friday, what came out on Friday morning in Australia, I guess Friday afternoon, um, that Nick Kyrgios pled guilty um, to the assault charges on his ex-girlfriend. Obviously, he was the star of uh, episode one of the, the Netflix show. Pled guilty, but also now will not have a criminal record yes. because of how Dismissed. the Australian. Yeah, I am. Yeah. Uh, and on top of it, ATP also saying there wasn't enough evidence on the Zverev investigation. And I'm just, I feel really empty. Um, and the football and player on top of it, or soccer player. Oh, Green Greenwood, right? Greenwood, yeah. Mason Greenwood, yeah. Just like an interesting, yeah. The tennis world's obviously been a focus of it for the past year and a half. This very situation's been uh, dead silent for the past few yeah. months. Um, obviously, besides Ben Rothens- Rothenberg trying to push this out and on his Twitter, which there's only so much that does after a while. But to to read this Zverev one initially. And to see, obviously, his post that he didn't write himself uh, on his Instagram, it's there's an emptiness, right? And that's kind of right. what I felt was is just an emptiness, and it was like almost like like I was like, oh, of course, like this is not a shock, like this was what was going to take place all along. And I think the curious one, even though I'm not pushing favorites of which one was worse or better. But the yeah. fact that he pled guilty, you know, on this and, and then kind of has no repercussions from it, that's that one almost hurt more even even though, you know, this is very one we've seen the allegations, we've gone through the whole process, we know the ins and outs. Um, yeah, both just left with an emptiness, a non shock, but an emptiness. And listen, you and you and I are not the best ones to speak on this. Right. But to to see this to see two women be brave and come forward with allegations with no as you said no repercussions for either one in any meaningful way at this stage is heartbreaking and also not surprising um i am i am i am hopeful i still am hopeful that the atp steps forward and says this deserves some level of suspension um for, for Nick and obviously pled guilty, you know, with the kind of that understanding uh, that this was going to be kind of the end of the, the criminal side for him without uh, that repercussion. And I understand why he would do that. Um, but to for the ATP to take some step here and say, you've pled guilty to an assault charge. There sh- there needs to be some type of punishment for these things. Um, and, you know, this is something you and I talked about a, a solid year ago that there's no policy in place for these types of punishments. Um, I mean, and- the star of the Netflix show, they're not doing shit, right? They're not going to do shit. Uh, how can they, this is a, uh, investment at this point, you know, for them that what, what does second season look like? You know, is there a talk about this? Is this brought up? And, and it was funny, just even the headlines with pictures of curious 
he was a victim. <laughs> it was like, you know, he was put as the victim in these pictures. He looked sad, and, and I can't believe he went through this. He pled guilty. Something has to happen. Something. We can't. I mean, this has been a really tough personal year for tennis, and nothing has happened. Well, we're setting a precedent. We're enabling Where do we go from here? I, I, I just, I think it has to go back to very simply, we need to, (laughs) I mean, like this comes up at the same time that like the PTPA, you know, obviously seems to be getting some, some sort of a footing here of, of having a full team in place to kind of push this, but, um, there needs to be that understanding of here is a policy that we have on how we're handling these matters. Um, we, you know, we're, the the criminal side of things is is one thing, and we know how brutally awful it is for women when they do step forward and have to deal with the limelight of of media pressure and a court pressure if they make an accusation against somebody with fame. That is that is a societal problem that is I, I still don't fathom how we get rid of that. But the organizations within our sport certainly have the capabilities to enact policy to say, if this happens, this is how we're dealing with it. And this is the punishment that you receive. And, and that is, that is one thing that I am hopeful at least Noah, that does actually come out of this, um, that, that the ATP specifically has some sort of meaningful policy to say to its members, to its players, this is how we're going to deal with it if you are in a situation of, of domestic violence. If you are engaged in domestic violence, you will be punished with this. And I, here's the question I, I have for you as somebody who's, you know, I guess now a former ATP member. Do you have any idea how it works in terms of, like, if you get... If you are accused of something like that, do you have any idea of how that mechanism works for your nothing? Absolutely not. I mean, it took basically until this year, and it's not even fully, you know, um, you know, fledged out. Is just the idea of like, where do we go for help at all? <laughs> you know, if we had you know struggles that we're dealing with mentally, is there on site? Is there somewhere we can call? And they finally got that up and running. No, this is years years behind. Um, I just think just for the safety of the people in the sport, especially the women, you know, yes. just understanding of like, hey, if you're feeling uncomfortable, if there is that, like right now during this time, it would be this idea, which is in many industries, that you wouldn't come out and say anything. Why would you? You would be... Why would you? You'd, right. Yeah, yeah you'd, <laughs> you'd be on the wrong side of history, quote unquote, you know, in, in the world of tennis. And you'd be, you know, dragged through this whole process that makes nobody look good. Um, and really... You're going to get absolutely trashed on social media. There's no winning. What comes yeah. out of it? You get a few people that support you and say, hey, we're here, but yeah. It would be it would be fantastic and a, a huge step forward, especially considering like the ATP. You know, all of the slams are trying to make step forwards and and be a little bit more proactive with the LGBTQ community. It would be nice if they just stepped forward in the same respect and said, you know, it's important for for our female 
fans to feel that we are respectful of the women who are involved with our players. It would be nice to see that. Um, I, and I think that would be the one. I don't, I, I agree with you. I don't think we're going to see anything. Uh, obviously not for Zverev. I don't think we're going to see anything from Kyrgios. But it would be nice if they just worked on forming some semblance of a policy so that when this happens again, because it will, that it gets dealt with. I think it's proving uh, the backbone that ATP and WTA have in the situation. You know, and I get the we are united ATP and WTA, but WTA should come out and be like, "Hey guys, like what what the fuck is happening here?" Yeah, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna disagree with you slightly. It's not I don't think it's a backbone issue. I think it's I th- I think it's a matter of they are a player organization. They are supposed to look out for players. And I don't think that that's going to necessarily take care of the things that are meaningful. ATP is technically not a player association anymore. And they are looking out for the sport. And that's kind of what it comes down to where you have two stars. Definitely one in Kyrgios who has transcended tennis in many ways. And they don't want to touch it. That's what it comes down to. I mean, they are technically, that's why the PTPA is coming around. We don't have an association. They can't legally call themselves association mm. so they are not there to protect the players um yeah i mean it's just not a set of balls that's what it comes down to uh and that's fine i mean that's if that's the way they want to go but they're setting a precedent for a lack of safety within the sport uh, a lack of respect um and i'm just hoping which it does on social media at times is that the people take their role which they didn't really necessarily was aware of uh, and and maybe you know between Zverev and Kyrgios and say both wild and all this other and Basilis Vili and then we say, Hey, you know, enough is enough. You know, we have to do something. And you know, it's just fucking wild to me that we're at this point in time. And I just laugh because he's the first episode of Netflix and, and this is happening. And I think yeah, less than a month later. Yeah. (laughs) It's, it's just a pure and saving and investment for them. Um, but we'll see how the next months progress with it. Davis Cup is getting an overhaul in some way, shape, or form. Uh, again, abysmal on Twitter watching this. <laughs> I, 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 Tommy won his match today. Mackie did as well. Okay, I, 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 I miss Mackie's. Tommy won, or he, like I saw him like acing on set point. I'm like, is that my high school gym? Like it did look like we were watching it on a challenger. No, that was uh, like a challenger stream, but like a poor challenger. Right. Like one that like was a last minute replacement and didn't hold fans and the lighting, you know, we kind of like was a little lenient on the lighting issue. Like <laughs> Davis Cup has been like a laughing stock now. This is a this is correct. What people on the outside of the tennis world don't necessarily really ever knew it. They knew the McEnroe, Sampras, Agassi times, but yeah. like that was a top three dream of mine when yeah. I was playing was Davis Cup. And I'd rather go back to college tennis. Like, if somebody said, hey, you get to do this or that, like, finals and NCAAs may be more exciting than playing yeah. a Davis Cup at this point. Except for the the fact that Ryan Shane still haunts your dreams. But go on. <laughs> Besides the fact that I wake up in a cold sweat because <laughs> of our Shane license plate. <laughs> but holy shit, what is Davis Cup? And I know we have now we have this rebuilding almost process of, of Davis Cup. Who knows what ITF is going to do with it at this point. But... God damn. 
I was like, I almost thought it was a joke. I thought, I thought the Twitter. I actually don't even know which Twitter if it was the official one or somebody else. I thought they like mislabeled the tweet. I like this wasn't actual Davis Cup. This was a practice session offsite or something. Yeah, right. I know. Oh, and the, the, the no disrespect, but the players Tommy and Mackie played were. 200, 300, right. 400, somewhere in that range. And the, I, obviously, you know I love those players, but that is a – if that's your first round, that's a, a decent first round. Like Cleveland Challenger. I don't even know if it, how it works, yeah. No offense to Cleveland Challenger, not our, not our best challenger in the U.S. And I would be happier watching that than watching this Davis Cup, without a doubt. Of course, yeah. Agreed. Oh, so sad. Like that, that – you ask a lot of players – Olympics was up there. Davis Cup was was a top three. That's, that, but that's because of your boy PK. Yeah, it's true. And now he's on the wrong end of a lawsuit. And he, what he did to Shakira is terrible. Shakira, Shakira. Her, her hips do not lie. Mm, they do not. They never. They don't lie. She she said so. So Michael, what's uh what's your next tournament coming up? Uh, I'm going to be doing the ITA national team indoors. All right. Uh, it's exciting. Chicago, it's a different feel. Chicago, Illinois. Oh, do you know that place? Uh, I'm bringing. I've never been to Excess actually, which is where they're hosting it this year, as opposed to the Midtown Athletic Club, where they've hosted it many years in the past. Okay. Um, Kamal Murray. That's his club. Yeah, we had we had a few challengers there. I, Correct. Only time I feel body cramped in my life. So hopefully a little bit different. So it'll be indoors, right? Obviously, yes. As it is the team indoor championship. Yes. Sorry, uh, Pop thanks, thanks for listening. Sorry, um, Pop uh, <laughs> I, ca- I um, called yeah. him the worst tennis player I ever played in my entire life. Ben Shelton kicked his ass. Ah, it's tough in Melbourne. Kicked his ass. Um, so when are you arriving there? Uh, that'll be the weekend of February seventeenth. So coming up in a little over a week and a half or so. My birthday week. Start- yeah. What are you turning, 38? Uh, 74, actually, and I feel yeah. older than that. Yeah, you look it, too. <laughs> Thanks, pal. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, so I got that. Then uh, a few weeks off until Miami, and then back to the green clay in April. I was going to say, are you making your – you haven't been – is this going to be your longest start without a challenger of a year? Uh, with the exception of the COVID years, yes. Yes. Um, actually – no, even no. The even first 20, 2020, you hit it right. Twenty twenty, I'd done Dallas. Right. Twenty twenty one. What did we do in twenty twenty one at the start of the year? I know we had the green clay. You didn't I do Michigan. There was that was twenty. That was twenty twenty. Shit. Yeah, I don't remember twenty twenty one. Yeah. Um, it is. Yeah. I. I. I there are going to be a couple challengers coming up in Rome, mm-hmm. Georgia, and Waco. Um, unfortunately not part of the contract for me. So I won't be going to those indoor events this year. Um, hopefully, you know, next year or something like that. But, um, yeah, that'll, we'll, we'll get back to our kind of our normal schedule starting in April. Um, yeah. And, uh, there, yeah, that's, that's what I can say right now. Okay. Um, but yeah. And also, uh, this is going to air after afterwards, but, uh, yeah, I'll be doing the EXO with Sloan and Maddie. Uh, with Bjorn Fertangelo this this past Saturday night, two days ago, on the Tennis One app, and they are the official app of the 2023 Dallas Open. Um, so I, I'm 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 I might sneak down there for a day to go see Chris Eubanks and some of the other folks uh, that we know all too well. Yep. Um, it feels like a like slightly graduated challenger <laughs> Dallas Open. Yes. Um, 
but yeah, it'll it'll be it'll be fun for that. Um, you uh, we joked about it at the outset. You did, um, you did play uh, one of the Johnson twins <laughs> in your first official pickleball event. Yes, yes. Uh, uh, it goes. Uh, it's it's interesting. Everybody's seated at a pickleball event, so the last seed plays the first seed. So he is yeah. top three in the world or whatever i had to play him and uh yeah it was interesting learned a decent amount about pickle we'll see how this progresses the next few months i have a tournament daytona coming up uh might be was there a loser's bracket type of a thing there is actually you can win 14 matches basically in the back row and bring yourself all the way back around to the final real match uh which i did not do um did you get any wins i did i was three and two in singles okay yes so you have a better ranking as a result. I have a ranking as a result. Okay. Um, yeah, I was unranked. I needed a wild card into this tournament as well. Right. What I will say quickly, it is looking a lot like tennis. They are making it look a lot like tennis. I'm very worried that they're going in this direction. Uh, you know, we yeah. made jokes about it, but now being a little bit more on the inside, it's like a true honest worry because they have a product that I think could be very entertaining at a certain level, and they could have a lot of fun with it. But we'll see how it progresses in the next few months. And, well, Ali, Kick, and I start playing a few more tournaments together with Lisa Raymond as our coach over there. You have to see this shit. <laughs> but uh, we also have our first proof of concept of our Behind the Rocket docu-series. Well, Noah's battery uh, has died. Um, basically, I- I'm going to translate now what he has to say to wrap up the show. Go ahead, Noah. Actually, hold on. Here's what we're gonna do. I'm gonna take it off. I'm gonna take it off headphones. Uh, let's see. Let's if I do that, and then I'm gonna I'm gonna put you on speaker for the people by doing. Yeah, do it. Do it. I have one last thing to say. Okay, go ahead, Noah. You ready for me? Yeah, it's on. Well, first, uh, you don't usually get the praise, and and this time I think you actually did, but I'm going to double down on it, and we were very happy to see the platform that you were given and rightfully given not only for the American matches, just for the whole week at the Aussie Open. And it was just very exciting to see you kind of graduate in a way. And I'm proud of you. Well, that's very kind of you. And I'm glad you didn't actually have to look at me when you said that. <laughs> um, I, I I appreciate that. It was a lot of fun. And, uh, yeah, I will say, Noah, um, and this is awkward because I can't see you either, uh, yes. the fact that uh, the, the place where we first actually kind of looked at each other in Australia, 2017, uh, that little yep. turn in the corner right there, uh, it's completely gone. That is where the kitchen is now, uh, gotcha. the, the large kitchen. So it is gone. Um, so Noah, Noah's going to go away now because this speakerphone thing is awkward. Uh, but yeah, thank you. Um, we'll, we'll try to do this again next week. Um, don't forget as well, folks, there is a, uh, podcast I did with Ernesto Escobedo, um, already in your feed. It's an interesting one about why he's chosen to take up the Mexican flag, um, for when he is participating in events. It was made before, um, the big kerfuffle right now with the Mexican players and the Mexican Tennis Federation, but you will hear that. And also we'll have a podcast next week out with former North Carolina State star and Davis Cup champion Alexis Galarno. And then much more next week on the Behind the Racket podcast. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. 
You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. The show might be over, but the conversation isn't. Join us on social media at NoahRubin33, at MikeCTennis, and at Behind the Racket. Expect new episodes every Monday or Tuesday. And don't forget to leave us a rating on iTunes. It really helps us expand and reach more listeners as we take you Behind the Racket.